Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Two Terrible Sports Analysts. I am Ashton. I'm here with Colin. Hey guys. And we have quite a few topics to talk about here today, so let's go ahead and get started with it. Uh, all right, Colin. So I'm sure you've heard of, you know, I'd say about a month ago. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Bill Russell, one of the greatest of all time to ever play basketball, uh, passed away. Uh, you know, rest in peace to him on that. But uh, the league is honoring him by retiring his number six across the league. What's your opinion on that? Uh, <clears throat> my opinion is, personally, I don't think it should be retired. Yeah, he's the most winningest player out of NBA history with 11 titles. 13 counting being a coach, so he won two as a coach, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So he has 13 rings total, so he's technically the most winningest person ever career-wise, not counting, you know, in majors in team sports because obviously individual awards like Serena Williams can and Rafael Nadal can obviously surpass those things happen a lot more often than a once a year thing. Right. Are those <clears throat> real sports though? But personally, I don't think they should retire the number six jersey just because in the future it'll cause a bunch of hardship for the league and eventually it'll run out of numbers because you think whenever Michael Jordan dies, are they going to try to retire number 23 across league-wide? Or if LeBron – I mean, obviously LeBron's already wore number six once. But, you know, if he was happened to die, you know, in the next couple of days before Jordan, would they require – would they retire 23 league-wide? You know, you're just going to eventually run out of numbers because eventually there's always so many numbers. I mean, you can only go from 1 to 99. So eventually, once you run out of numbers, everyone's going to have the same jerseys. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I had in my notes here, I understand the respect of wanting to honor him because, you know, with like you said, 11, you know, championships as a player. But they're retiring jerseys, in my opinion, for players that don't even deserve it. Like they're just retiring too many jerseys. And – to retire at league wide, that's kind of steep. Maybe I understand. I'm, which they already retired it for the Celtics, which I think they should just leave it there. He's already been respected. Just leave it there. Um, yeah, and that's where it should stay at is the team that he played for. Exactly. So I don't see what <laughs> Bill Russell has to do with the number six, say, in Utah. What's that have to do with? Russell I don't see that I just I think they should just leave it at the team he was playing on and just leave it there and back to what you're saying eventually they'll run out of numbers but continuing on this a little bit do you think that they'll ever allow players to wear triple digits in the NBA I mean if they keep on retiring jerseys they're going to have to <laughs> yeah <laughs> eventually it's going to look like a cross country race with all these triple digit numbers yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're just retiring jerseys that people – they may have won one championship or – I mean, it, it's not just the championships. It's other personal things as well. But just say if all they done in their whole career was win one championship, they should not get their jersey retired, in my opinion. 
there's players out here that have won more than that haven't got their jersey retired. Yeah, no, it's like I said, it's they'll eventually run out of numbers, so either they're going to have to get rid of just the single digit numbers and then just do. I mean, I guess to technically get rid of the triple digit, I guess they could put a zero in front of everything, like zero four four per se. But like I said, you're still, like I said, if they keep on retiring jerseys like this, I mean, I understand great time, you know, there's always a great player per generation of players. Yes. So, I mean, like I said, before our era, it was Jordan. In our era, it was either Kobe or LeBron. I mean, technically both. But I'm just saying, usually there's always at least one per generational player. So eventually, over the time, over the course of, you know, it's not going to happen over the next. Out, but you know, if the world keeps on going, that one type of situation, you know, in the next three hundred years, it's possible that you know they run out of jerseys. Right. Well, and speaking of players that deserve to have their jersey retired but don't, I'm going to take a stab at your Celtic. What the crap are they doing? Like they haven't retired Ray Allen's jersey, and they say they're not going to. What's wrong with them? I say which team? Celtics or the Heat? Celtics. Uh, I personally with the Celtics, I mean, yeah, he deserves it because I mean, they did get the first ring in several years at that point. So I mean, he was a great player for the Celtics. I understand he had a, you know, a, a five-year he put yeah a bitter ending, and he only played technically for five years for the team. Yeah, but so I mean, opinion, that's what people OA, look like. In 08, when they won that championship, without him, they wouldn't have won. You know, pretty much the same year he went to the Heat, he also won the championship for them, too. But, you know, it's the same thing. Would you expect the Heat to retire his jersey? Yes. Yes. <laughs> without him, they ain't getting that championship. And they can't even – they even got the audacity to put him on the all-time 2K – on the all-time Heat on 2K. He is not on the all-time Heat. That makes no sense to me. They have Jimmy Butler on there, and he has done nothing but take them to the finals. He hasn't won a finals with them. But they have Jimmy Butler on there. They have Bam on there. But they don't have Ray Allen, who saved the championship on there. That makes me so mad. Even if they don't retire his jersey, which they won't, he should at least be on the all-time Heat team. It makes me mad. Yeah, no, like I said. I respect Ray Allen a lot. I do, but – oh, well, not me, but they do. But at yeah. the same time, it goes on to the whole entire thing at the Bill Russell jersey. I understand it's just for a couple teams, but in that same sense, yet again, you're going to eventually run out of numbers. Yeah. Well, like I said, the like Boston Jordan. one I can understand, but the Heat, like I said, the couple years that he was there, he won one championship with them. The Heat – We'll go against your argument just because I can. Not not that I disagree with you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But it just makes me upset. They disrespect him. Greatest shooter of all time, and they disrespect him. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, I completely agree. It's just, like I said, I, I couldn't bypass that opportunity of calling out that one. <laughs> yeah, I know they won't. And deep down, I know he doesn't deserve to get his jersey retired in Miami, but they should at least consider giving him a little bit more respect than they do. 
Uh, but uh, talking about the jerseys retired, Michael Jordan, his jersey is retired. 23 is retired in Chicago. And with the Miami Heat, even though he never played for the Miami Heat. I don't agree with that either. No, neither do I. Um, I mean, like I said, it's all said and done. And I mean, with that argument, yeah, he should, you know, Ray Allen should definitely be able to get his jersey retired with him since, I mean, like, he obviously played for Heat and he brought up a championship right. at the end of the day. But at the same time, the NBA and whenever they've done it, they've done it as a respect thing, which I guess technically that goes backwards to the Bill Russell thing. You know, it's yeah. a respect, but they should respect the guy sooner than just wait until he was dead because he's not going to go if they retire his jersey or not. Right. They should have done it while he was alive. That's not even right, really. I mean, <clears> if they're going to do it, do it while the man can see it and enjoy it. Exactly, because that means something more than just, oh, yeah, he died. We're just we're going to go ahead and do this. Yeah, and honestly, I'm surprised they're wanting to do it with Bill Russell and not with when Kobe died. Yeah, that would have made more sense because, I mean, how tragic it was and everything else. Yeah, exactly. That's more tragic. I mean, not saying it's not sad that Bill Russell died, but he lived his full life. He was older when he died. Kobe was just in his 40s, so – and how he died was tragic. So if they were going to do that, I would have figured they would have tried to pull that with Kobe instead of Bill Russell. Kobe had two numbers, but they could have just done, you know, the latter one, the 24. Yeah, he's most iconic for. Right. But, but yeah, it's, like I said, it's completely weird of how they're trying to do it because, I mean, there was rumors that they was going to retire Kobe's jersey league-wide, which I think the Mavericks did. But they, they was the only have. team that jumped on it. Yeah, they may have. I don't know. I believe it was the Mavericks that it was like right after his passing. Well, I know the but Lakers obviously they was a fellow Western, Western team. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's like I said, the fact that he's already dead and they're trying to retire his number, it makes no sense. They, I mean, they could have, you know, surprised him at the seventy fifth anniversary of the NBA, which was this past year. mm Hmm. And he was still alive for it. So, like I said, they could have been like, oh, yeah, we're going to retire your number legal wide. And like I said, the enjoyment that he would have got from it would have been a whole lot better. Granted, we wouldn't be talking about this conversation right now, but. Right. We could have been talking about that earlier. But, yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, it makes no sense to do it while they're dead. Exactly. Are they going to wait? Are they going to wait till Jerry West is dead to, you know, retire the logos number? Yeah, or like Kareem or any of them. And shoot, Jerry West still has an active part in the league. Yeah. It just, they, it's not that they respect the wrong people. They just go about it the wrong way. Yeah. Or the timing's completely different on it. Yeah. Wrong timing, wrong way. All right. We talked about that a little longer than I thought we would. Uh, That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. All right. Uh, you know, we're both from West Virginia, so we're always going to talk about the West Virginia game, even though neither one of us is in West Virginia right now. Um, just the West Virginia game recap. What's your opinion on that game? <laughs> Two pick sixes to start the season to end the game is not a obviously a good start to the season. No, it's not. Uh in Kansas, they're not as good as they used to be. West Virginia should definitely be. 
Yeah, and I mean, yet again, it was two single possession games back to back, which Pitt they was ranked almost. Well, I mean, they was ranked in the top twenty. They was 17. I think seventeen. Yep. I mean, Kansas was unranked, so I mean, in theory, right. yeah, they should be able to take out Kansas, but yet again, they choked. Granted, it was a different receiver this time. Actually, I think the quarterback just threw it straight to the Kansas guy. There was no, oh yeah, it was it no was. drop pass this time. But yeah, that's all I have to say. One of those two pick sixes, two weeks in a row. Like I said, they they obviously can't win if they want to be throwing interceptions that get returned all the way back. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, that kind of leads up to what I'm saying here. Kind of, um, not really, but you'll get. The, I'll tell you in a second. All right. So. Uh, game up to the third West Virginia won there's up at least one touchdown sometimes a couple um well up to the half and then after the third uh Kansas you know they uh gave West Virginia the ball to start the game so they got it in the first half and then they tied the game and then they took the lead in the third and then they had a decent size lead I believe it was up to 11 it could be more but um then West Virginia climbed back out to force OT, which I was very happy with. Then, after Kansas scored in OT, West Virginia, I guess they don't realize that if they score, if Kansas scores, they have to score in OT or the game's over. So, I guess they didn't get that because they fumbled the ball, but luckily they recovered it. But then, the next play, they throw an interception. And the quarterback, he's a young quarterback. He'll learn. But my main gripe with West Virginia right now is their defense. Their defense is awful. Um, Kansas allowed West Virginia to score every possession. Kansas can't allow that either. But West Virginia, they can't allow. When they score, Kansas would score. And that's why it was always so close. West Virginia has to do better. Their defense has to pick it up. Usually our defense, West Virginia's defense is better than the offense. But this year, it's not. Their defense is awful, and they've got to straighten it up or they're not going to win any games this season the way they're playing, the way the defenses play. And the offensive line needs a block there. Actually, I'm kind of going to go against you on that one just because the defense has always been decent. I wouldn't say the defense has always been better than the offense just because when defensive players are good especially in college they definitely get recognized because like Teo, like whatever he got recognized for Northern Dame that I mean he was a defensive player but almost what a Heisman so I mean if you're good in college with defense you're going to get recognized there has never been a junior player get recognized for playing uh I mean not playing uh they've never been recognized for their defense and like I said, growing up, it was always offensive player this, Pat McAfee this, Slayton this, Stedman Bailey this, Tavon Austin this. It was never a defense. So, like I said, West Virginia has never had a bad defense, but they've also never had a good defense. I see what you're saying, but uh, I'm th- I'm talking, yes, we've had good offenses, and that overshadows the defense. But what I'm saying is, like, when our off years when we don't have the Pat Whites or the, um, you know, like the Tavon Austin or Jim Smith, the off years where we have kind of no-name offensive players, 
our defense is typically better than our offense those years. Um, <laughs> like, and you know, West Virginia don't get recognized much for anything. So, I understand what you're saying with the defense. Yeah, they'll get recognized, but it being West Virginia specifically, they even if you have a really, really good defense player, they may not because they're from West Virginia. Exactly, and like I said, that curse kind of started in 07 whenever they blew the backyard brawl to Pitt to go to the national championship. Yeah. It's kind of been a ongoing trend since then. Granted, I still think it was more Rich Rod's fault than what was the actual players themselves. But, because, I mean, I think he was gone the next year because, I mean, he went to Arizona State. Uh, I believe it was Arizona because a team and you know usually teams whenever they're ranked especially in recent years whenever you're ranked in the top five you stay in the top five west virginia was pretty much i think they was ranked 20 the next year yeah so they went from a two seed all the way to a 20 seed just over the course of an off season and then we just slowly been going outward since i don't think we've been in top 25 in the past four years Oh, man. Since, you know, uh, Tavon Austin and Jan Smith was on the team. Well, than that. We just, ranked, we just ranked when they was on the team at least one year. I know, but I I'm just saying I don't think we've been ranked for a while. Oh, no, it's been forever. Because after they left, um, we've had, what, two or three new coaches since then? And that's been within the past eight years. So, I mean, that's a lot of – and that's another thing. Like, with them being 0-2 right now, college is getting to where they're like the professional teams. Like, if you're starting off season with a couple losses, they're looking at your job, your coaching job. Yep. So, they need to step it up. I think they should be more lenient. It's a newer team. Newer players coming together, they should just let them play and let them work it out. I understand the coach needs to be a little more strict, especially, like I said, on the defense right now and the defense of the offense whenever they throw interceptions. But they should just give him a little more time before they take his job. They should do that for professional teams too. Give them a little more time to get some chemistry together before they take the coaching job. Oh, yeah, but – I mean, it's not like it's anything West Virginia hasn't been adjusted to because, I mean, we've been in the Big 12 for the past 10 10 years. Yep, 10 years because it was 2012. Yep. So, I mean, it's not like it's a new league that we're in now. Like I said, what you said would have made sense in 2013, 2014. But at this point, we should have the full swing of what's going on. So, I mean, yeah, we lost the first game to a ranked opponent. So what? I mean, it it happens. But the fact that it was off a pick six from a Butterfingers and then the second one was to an unranked division game, you know, that's whenever you do need to start looking in the, okay, maybe the coach isn't doing this right with the players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they know the Big 12. I mean, they've been there long enough. They know the Big 12. But I'm saying, like, all the new players and stuff might take a little bit more time. But the coach – 
needs to look at where the team is lacking, and right now it's defense more than offense. So he needs to get on that. If he doesn't fix that, yeah, take his job because we need somebody in there that will focus on defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because defense is... wins games. Well, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Well, yeah, but without defense, <laughs> without defense, you're not winning either one. So no, definitely not. But at the same time, it's and I mean, exactly what you said has been proven because the other team's defense has beat us twice already. Mm-hmm. And they're, the other team's defense wasn't even good; they were just better than our defense. Yep. I can't talk much about Pitt because I'll get cut around here talking about them. <laughs> yeah, because you're in Pennsylvania now. Yeah, so I can't talk real loud. But... Uh, just say you're a Philadelphia fan and everything will work out perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm closer to Philadelphia than I am Pittsburgh right now. Which I don't know, a lot of people around here are calling. They hate on your Eagles. That's shocking. Yeah. I guess you actually have to live in a town or just be stupid like me. <laughs> I yeah, I mean there are some Eagles decals on people's cars around here, but most of them that you talk to, like even my boss, he's he's a Steelers fan. All right, all right. So there's been some reports, you know, you know Tom Brady retired and just for like 42 days. Yeah, I think I was just for some attention myself, but that's not what the topic is. Uh, the topic is he said that this may be his last year. What's your thoughts on that? Is it telling the truth? And if it is, how that, you know, what what's your opinion? I think it depends on how far he makes it this year. If they get eliminated or don't even make the playoffs, then I think he'll retire for good. No, no, I got that backwards. He'll still play another year. Because obviously, I think he's just trying to go for one last win before he officially retires. Because he got eliminated in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So I think if he wins it all, if Tampa Bay wins it all, I think he will retire for good and go out on a winning note. But okay. if not, I think he'll come back for at least one more year. All right, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think. So last year he got eliminated playoffs. Was it not the game that would have sent him to the Super Bowl? Is that is that wrong? I don't think it was the NFC Championship game. I think it was the, I guess technically the semifinal. Semifinal, well, quarterfinal for the whole thing. Okay, I couldn't remember. Uh, but anyway, second yeah, round think, basically. Yeah. Okay. So he lost. Who they lose to? The Rams? Was the it? Rams, yep. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, Tom Brady, he's a competitive guy. So, if he loses in the playoffs or doing make playoffs, he's coming back to prove people wrong that he's better, which he don't have to prove anything. The guy <laughs> won seven championships. He's proved it already. But that's just how he is. He's going to prove that he's better than what people think. So, if he gets eliminated in the playoffs or – don't even make playoffs. He's coming back. Um, if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll retire. I think if even he makes it to the Super Bowl and loses the Super Bowl, I think he'll still retire because he's still at that point not quite at the top, but close enough to where people, you know, will respect it. Um, we've talked about before um, our respect for him 
I think it would be a very sad situation for him to retire. Uh, just a lot of memories, a lot of memories back throughout the years with him. He's always, you know, he's just thinking back a long, long time ago when we were younger. He's always been there playing since we were little. He got drafted the year he was born. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's always been there playing. So, it would be a really sad thing to not see him anymore playing. But I do understand um, professional athletes all throughout the years, they are away from their families a lot. And when they get older, they realize that they want more family time, which I understand, and their body doesn't work as well as it used to. So, they have to retire to that sometimes. So, sometimes they just retire because they miss their family. And I get that. I understand that family is more important than anything else in the world. Oh, yeah, and I think – I mean, just following a little bit of things on SportsCenter, I haven't really, like, dug into it yet, but I think him and his wife struggle a little bit right now with it. So, I mean, it could also yeah. depend on how that relationship works out. Yeah, because I think she's she's ready for him to give it up, but he's, you know, being that competitive guy and loving the game of football, he's just – he's he's hanging on, and I think that's just – I think that's why he retired for just a little bit is because – she wanted him to, but he wasn't ready to. So I think he's just I, – I haven't read this for sure, but in my opinion, I think it's he talked her into one more year. Give me one more year. And then he said, I'll give it up after one more year. If you give me one more year, I'll hang it up and I'll spend – put my attention to you. But he's still doing things that no other player has done. I mean, he's the oldest in the league ever. And usually he surpassed – I think last year he surpassed being the oldest. But – the oldest before him was held by a kicker, which obviously they don't take as near as much contact as what a quarterback takes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could easily be a kicker into the league into your 50s because, I mean, other than kickers, quarterback is the next most protected person. Yeah. That's because quarterback – I mean, the only reason why I say that is because kickers are on the field a whole lot less than what quarterbacks are. Right. Exactly. If not, your team sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, at least your quarterback gets three more downs than your kicker. Yeah, sure. Because you only usually bring out a kicker to whenever you score or whenever it's fourth down, because you're either punting it or you're kicking a field goal. All right. So the Broncos and the Seahawks game. Um, did you follow it any? I did. Just, I mean, research wise, I didn't watch it watch it i watched it you know after just studying for this thing okay well uh you know late in the fourth quarter uh, the final possession for the broncos they took out russell wilson to try for a 64 yard field goal what's your opinion on that should they have left wilson in or was it the right call that are paying this guy a quarter billion dollars. Granted, I think it's just a Russell Wilson thing because going back to actually the Seahawks, you know, the team he used to play for, where Pete Carroll made that decision not to – he trusted. So I think that was kind of what they was doing with it was where I think that coach kind of looked back on the thing because Pete Carroll had trusted Russell Wilson to win that Super Bowl for him instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. So I think he kind of looked back on that. Granted, a 64-yard – I mean, and obviously this wasn't a Super Bowl. This was just a you know normal season game. But Season opener, I believe. 
yeah, season opener too, and I think they're in the same division. Oh, yes, Seahawks. No, they're one's the NFC and one's the AFC. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think it was a sixty-four yard field goal was kind of stretching it because that is the record and it's tied in two different places. The first record is actually in Broncos Stadium, but it was. I know, obviously that game was played in Seattle, but the air is fitter in the Mount High City. So therefore, that's the reason why that kicker was able to do it. Yeah, that kicker had the thing, but he pulled it a little bit, which the air density makes a whole world of a difference whenever you're kicking up the ball. Yep. And I think the only other time it was done was in Detroit, and it's a dome stadium. So, you know, there's technically no – it's kind of like yeah. an airplane type of situation. It's enclosed air. Right. So, like I said, I think it was – I think a fourth and five, they should have trusted Russell Wissett just because, I mean, why are you paying that guy that much money? Because you're obviously not paying the kicker near as much as what you're paying him. But at the same time, like I said, I don't know if the coach looked back and was thinking that, you know, Russell couldn't do a fourth and three to win a Super Bowl, but he could potentially do a fourth and five for a normal season game. Don't know what the coach was thinking there because I would have took – the quarterback risk opposed to shanking a 64 yard field goal and looking stupid. Oh yeah. Cause you think you're on the other side, you're on the other team's side of the field at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, and like you said, why are they paying this guy that like, I think it was the last episode we talked about his contract. Why are you paying this guy that much, that much money when you don't trust him in these kinds of situations. It's the quarterback's job to get the job done. Now, if it was closer, maybe a 40-yard field goal, I understand that. But a 64-yard field goal, come on. If it's fourth and five, give the quarterback the ball and let him make a play, or at least attempt to make a play. Don't risk something that you most likely know is going to cost you the game. At least give it a 50-50 chance in the quarterback's hands instead of – less than 20% chance that it's going to go in with a field goal. I mean, that's just stupid on the coach's part, in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, because last year, I think the fourth and five conversion rate was almost a 50% chance. But, like yeah. I said, in all the attempted field goals in league history, there's only been, I think, seven, 64. Well, even going as far as 55 yards – for kicking, your percentage just goes down to, like, I think a 6% chance of making it. So you yeah. go one to, you know, basically another 10 yards from that point, you go down to pretty much nothing, and it's just a miracle if it does happen. Yeah, it's stupid. That's a stupid play call, in my opinion. But um, I think – I mean, Russell, he said that he agreed with the coaches – play on that, his call. He said he'd leave it in his hands again if the same thing would happen again. But if I was him, I would be asking some questions. I mean, why did you do that? I would be like, I'm the quarterback. You should trust me in these situations. If I don't get it done, I don't get it done, but that's what I'm here to do. You guys brought me into Denver to do this stuff. So... Yeah, because, I mean, what, he how is Because it's not like he's a stagnant quarterback like Brady, because Brady stays in the pocket. Russell can actually run. Yeah. So, I mean, 
like I said, yeah, quarterbacks, they get, I'm not saying a little bit more credit than what they deserve because, I mean, they do have the hardest mental job in the whole entire game. But yeah. as far as the physical aspect goes, just like going back to the West Virginia during Pitt, it's not the quarterback's fault that, you know, the w- receiver dropped it and it went in for a pick six. I mean, it was his fault during Kansas, but like I said, yeah. but the quarterback still got the blame for that interception. It, the interception right. don't go into receiver's hands, even though it went right, right through his hands. Yep. So, like I said, so at that point, instead of just trusting your quarterback, you're, I mean, you're trusting your five other receivers as well, if not your running back on top of it, because he said you can technically throw to six guys on the field. So, like I said, do you put, are you technically putting in your quarterback's hand to make the right decision to throw to the open guy? I mean, that open guy's still making the thing. But, like I said, still a 64 yard field goal was a stupid choice, regardless. Yep. The smarter choice would have been, oh, yeah, I'm going to rely on one of these seven other people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just. Seven is better than one. Yeah, I don't see the. Worst case scenario is they pick it off and it's a pick six like it was in West Virginia. They still lost the game. It don't make a difference. But you still have a higher chance of making something happen if you run a play opposed to a field goal. Yeah, the score, instead of being a one-point difference, it would have been a seven-point difference. Big whoop. (laughs) It's still a loss is a loss. It's still a loss. It don't matter how bad you lost. (laughs) Exactly. I guess the only time it matters if you're playing hockey because I think they do do that for, like, playoffs and stuff if you're, like, tied. But I know the NFL and NBA or no one else does that. It's just pretty much hockey. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. So what you lose by doesn't make a difference. You can lose by 100, it's still a loss. You can lose by one, and it's still a loss. Exactly. Um, We're going to go over a little bit on this episode, but uh, we're not going to be able to talk as – I mean, I guess we could, but it wouldn't make sense to talk about this topic in another episode. So uh, continuing on that same game, Geno Smith carrying the Seahawks to the win – is that a start of a turnaround for his career, or is that just a lucky game? Uh, I definitely think. I mean, obviously, it it was a lucky start. <laughs> I mean, a field goal he would have he would have been a loser. I mean, if the field goal would have been went in, he would have been a loser. It just so happens that we're talking about the same same game. Yeah. So yet again, if that field goal would have went in, uh. We wouldn't even be talking about if Geno Smith got lucky or not. That's true. Geno Smith is still being Geno Smith. Like I said, he obviously got lucky. He, The team missed their field goal. Yeah. Because if not, he would have been a two-point loser. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the guy when he was in West Virginia, a great quarterback. He did have his Geno Smith moments in West Virginia. He wasn't always the perfect quarterback he had some stupid decisions stupid stupid decisions but he was a good quarterback for West Virginia and uh, he had good receivers with Stedman Bailey and Taylor Austin that helped him but um in his NFL career hasn't been impressive at all um I think it's just a lucky game I'd I'd love to be wrong about that I'd love to see him turn it around and be a great quarterback one of the best quarterback in the current game not of all time but in the current game but I just don't see it. Um, I wish. I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't see it. I think it's just a lucky game. No, that's not. 
spring chicken anymore. He's been in the league for seven, eight years now. Yeah, if he was going to make a run, I think he would have. I mean, I guess technically inferior. I guess it could technically be a. He's in his prime now, but that's still kind of a push. Because, I mean, he's definitely in his lower 30s right now. Don't you have to be good to be in your prime? <laughs> that's true, too. But we're talking about lucky or not lucky. So <laughs> for his true. career, he's in his prime. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So his luck is his prime. His luck is his prime. Unless he's like me and uh, I hit my prime early. He hit his prime <laughs> yeah. in West Virginia. I hit mine with like 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works in the pro league, so I don't know. I've never been pro. Nah. Not even a pro podcaster. No, we're just going with it. I mean, terrible isn't a name. That's right. That just lets you guys know how bad the show is. But <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> no, you just listen to us. That's right. It may not mean the show is terrible. It just means we're terrible at what we're talking about. Alrighty. Well, that went over, but that's fine. But that is all the time we have. Um, you have anything to say? Uh, I'm sure every time this comes out, we'll have a YouTube channel and everything else. Probably not a Discord like we do on our gaming channel. So go go check out our gaming channel, and it's called Free Terrible Gamers. And I mean, other than that, just follow our socials if they exist, and then. I remember that. Back to Ashton. Well, uh, like Colin said, definitely go check out our other podcast. Um, I know that by the time all this releases, some of this will be old news, but um, we just wanted to have you guys some episodes out when it released so you wouldn't have to wait for the next weeks. But um, it'll still be relevant. It's not like it's going to be a year old or nothing. But uh, yeah, just go check out our other podcast. It is Three Terrible Gamers, like Colin said, and we appreciate you listening. It helps out a lot, and just thanks for listening. See you guys later. Bye, guys.